0: Welcome to Adventures in Autism episode 49. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. If you have been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. And supporting the pod, thank you again to everyone who has reached out and sent messages and emails and reviews, especially the ones on Apple Podcast. Those really help people to find the show. And today's show is a really good one. My guest is Wendy. She is an autism mom. We talk all about her adorable son, Luca, and she shares her journey with him and a really fun cute story about what's led her to start her company evolution which is spelled kind of differently so you have to listen <laughs> listen to the episode to find out um but wendy is amazing she is a yoga teacher and she just has like the most chill <laughs> laid-back vibe that i just love she's very dumb so without further ado i hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with wendy Hello, Wendy. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Mm -hmm. So Wendy and I were just chatting. We had actually, we initially connected on Instagram, like I do with so many amazing autism (laughs) moms. And I, I just. I loved everything you were putting out there. I think what, what really got to me is all the videos of your adorable son, Luca jumping on his pogo stick. (laughs) It's like the cutest thing ever. And I'm like, I need to get Logan a pogo stick now. Um, Uh, But I, I just, I love all, all your realness. And I was like, I got to get her on the podcast. So um, I'm going to let you kind of take us back to sort of the beginning of your, your autism journey. And everything that you have going on now, because we were speaking before and I'll let you explain it, but Wendy has a really great website and blog that does a lot of awesome things for autism. So we got to get into all of it. So take yeah. us back to kind of the beginning. I don't even know, is Luca your, your only, no, you have a daughter too. You said, how many kids I do you do. have? I have two.
1: Okay. you've got yeah. Two, two. Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah, take us back, to, um, you know, sort of to the beginning of your, your autism journey, if you will.
1: For sure. So Luca is seven and a half now um he he's just awesome
2: <laughs> I
1: yeah uh, I can tell um, I can tell how <laughs> he is. I just I've learned so much from him it's mm-hmm. it's it's so wild it's been such an amazing journey mm-hmm. um he he so it's I mean every family with autism you know every kid is is different Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: but we're one of those rare families I guess it's not as rare anymore who had he was a really early talker Mm. um so he was you know like full sentences at one wow
2: Um, I think that
0: is rare I mean at least for me on the podcast like I've talked to a lot of parents at this point and I mean I definitely hear from from people who it was like speech delay wasn't an issue but I don't think where it was like on the other end of things
1: yeah totally on the other end because sometimes when you're filling out those questionnaires it's like you know very little speech and then there's always that option of like sounds like a little um professor <laughs> you know like he, <laughs> yeah he, he was he was using all these big words and these sentences but we didn't realize it at the time he was simply just repeating you know phrases he had heard mm-hmm. um and so you know of course he's really young he wasn't understanding what he was saying but um and it was so cute because he was so small <laughs> and, and he was like you know this is a paleontologist and <laughs> um was he
0: watching friends
1: <laughs> he no, no. <laughs> maybe i was I <laughs> when
0: I hear paleontologist,
1: I just there's nothing else. That rock. rock. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, um, yeah. So he he was a really early talker, and I remember going to our pediatrician, and and I think she just kept kind of brushing that that I, I didn't we didn't see it as a sign, but she would say you know at his I think two year checkup, she's like, does he have at least five words? And and I like I said I think he's got like oh, four hundred words maybe. yeah <laughs> you know, like, and she just kind of looked at me like okay yeah I think your kid's a genius and, <laughs> you know you every parent does and right. I'm just blowing you off um so it never really triggered any signs for us we just thought he was uh, an incredibly smart kid until about three years old we um we moved um from Los Angeles down to San Diego and um his tantrums started to become like over the top, um, you know, and, and the, the rigidity, he became very obsessive about things, about light switches, about, mm-hmm. you know, there's two, two ways you can get to our kitchen and he always had to go one way, um, you know, so just those those little things that w- would throw off the day for an hour at a time um, and his, his repetition with his language became a lot more prevalent where you'd ask him, you know, do you want some cereal? And he'd go, you want cereal. Mm-hmm. And we, we were so used to him communicating in that way that it, it was, it was kind of cute. And, you know, we sounded like, <laughs> um, Evan Costello. Costello would be like, who wants cereal? And he'd go, You do, I do, who does? <laughs> like, it was, it, it was kind of fun for a little while. And then we were like, he's really not getting this. Like, mm-hmm. he's not understanding you, I, or, or she or he, you know, like his little sister was just baby. Like mm-hmm. baby does this, and baby does that. And, um, so he had a
0: lot of language, but it wasn't necessarily like functional language. It wasn't
1: functional. It was echolalia. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and which we had no idea what that was at yeah. the time, you know, he's <laughs> our oldest. And okay. um, I had a friend who came to visit and stayed with us and she had worked with kids with special needs. And she said, you know, um, I would just start to watch that. Cause I, you know, I worked with a kid who, who struggled with pronouns for a while who who had I don't I don't know if she said autism at that time, but she mm-hmm. said I, I would watch it and, and maybe might be a good idea to get it checked out. And, um, you know, I kept brushing it off and and my and uh, my husband kept bringing it back up like maybe we should look into some things because his tantrums were getting worse and I'm like no I've been to the park I've seen other kids tantrum and you know all all the moms that I would talk to were like my kid throws tantrums too and Mm -hmm. you're fine and uh, I'm
0: curious though when your friend like initially brought that up to you had you had any concerns that you were just kind of like pushing down or was that like surprising to you that she had said that
1: I honestly had not had any concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband did. He, but he, And he, he traveled a lot. So he would go and come back. And so he would notice these things. And I think when you're just in it every day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you don't notice. Um, you know, in the hour we'd spend at the park, when I'd see another kid have a meltdown, I was like, okay, good. But, you know, I didn't, I mm-hmm. wasn't like timing the meltdown <laughs> um, at that point. Um, but my husband kept bringing it up and kept bringing it up. And and, and finally, um, yeah, after and then after my friend had said that, I, I was like, and I think the the turning point for me, too, was my daughter then turned two. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she wasn't a super early talker like he was, but she did have a couple of words. And she and I had a conversation when she was two, you know, a, a very. Yeah minimal conversation but I asked her a question she answered she added something else to it you know probably nobody Mm -hmm. else could understand her but I could (laughs) and I was like "Ah, I just stopped and I was like I've never done that with your brother I've never had a back and forth conversation Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was my big like okay we need to do something yeah Um, and so we he got his diagnosis right after he turned four um, like Logan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah
0: had just yeah. Turned four. And it's funny. Cause I've had people since starting the podcast, um, only a couple, but kind of question, like, why did you wait so long to get him diagnosed? Yeah. Which I'm like, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think there's, I think there's, there's, they're all different times as to like, right. when, would be, when would be right. Um, and even though he was on the other end of the spectrum, like Luca had a ton of speech. Logan really didn't have any. He mm-hmm. didn't have a ton of, like he didn't tantrum. He didn't have okay. the re- repetitive behavior. So it was like, he wasn't like the the things that he was doing were, we knew that there was something going on. We knew that there was, you know, a speech delay, obviously, and mm-hmm. some kind of like cognitive delay. Cause kind of like you were saying how you had that conversation with your daughter after we had, had our daughter, our second, and even just from the time she was a baby and it was like, I remember they would always ask me, you know, is he pointing? Is he pointing? Like when we first started getting him evaluated, just for like early intervention. And yeah. I was like, no, but I didn't understand why that was a big deal. I just didn't yeah. like the pointing thing didn't click with me. And then my daughter, who was probably like eight or nine months when she started pointing. And then I was yeah. like, oh, oh
1: yeah, it's he, like, first bulb,
0: kind of, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: it was, it was really around the time that he turned three that we started to pursue it. I don't know how things were for you in yeah. but for here, we had just like an insane amount of like paperwork to do beforehand. And then we had an eight month wait list. So it was just like, it, that's, that's really the reason why he wasn't diagnosed until he had was, was had just turned four. Um, yeah. and looking back now, like, yeah, there's tons of things that I'm like, oh, we missed that. We missed that. And I, if I could, to go back and do it sooner I probably would but I feel like um it's it's always interesting to hear like kind of what was what really like triggered you to to seek the diagnosis
1: yeah well and I, it, it does take a long time and I think you know that's the world is most people don't know a whole lot about autism you yeah know, except mm-hmm. what they see on tv and luckily now there's a lot more shows that, that talk about it mm-hmm. um but you know three or four years ago there, there wasn't a whole lot and yeah and it just it never even crossed my mind but and and for us we decided to go through with the whole process like right after thanksgiving one year which was not a good time <laughs> because like everybody's closed and
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: so we really we couldn't get our the first appointment to get the evaluation wasn't until february so it was just um it was tough and his preschool teacher at the time was like you know it um, at recess, Luca's just laying down and all the kids are kind of running around him. She's like, I don't know what to do with him. Um, so that, you know, was another moment for us. We were like, Hmm, that's, that's interesting. Cause Luca wasn't pointing either. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. you know, he was just, he, he would wander around and just sort of script everything. He would mm-hmm. say phrases all over the place. Um. But, uh, so then we got the diagnosis and since he was four, he was school age. So right away they, and luckily it was our home school. They have a, a preschool program that was a, a mixed class of mm-hmm. kids, kids with high functioning autism and neurotypical kids. Mm-hmm. So they had about 12 kids in there with a teacher and two aides. So I think it was about, um, three or four kids on the spectrum and then the rest neurotypical which Mm -hmm. was great yeah Uh, he was in that for about a year and a half and the first year was tough for him you know he was he was struggling with transitioning and and all of that and um it's sort of when everything happened for us and when we we started our our business it all sort of goes hand in hand because we were uh, we had tried to start ABA um which I didn't love Mm -hmm. no (laughs) I I, I would
0: love to hear about that because I feel like we've had such a great experience with ABA but I know and I think most people on the podcast have too but I mean there's it I I've said it from the beginning ABA is not right for for every kid right
1: exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and you and then I think as a mom you know like like, you have to trust your instincts because I was like every time they came and I think you have to find the right therapist because I think really the therapy doesn't matter as much as who the who it is and, totally and, and, we'll, and their intention and their passion behind it because we just we had a couple that were not great and mm-hmm. every time they came it just I was like eating I was like I, I can't my stomach hurt I'm like um, this is the worst thing ever was like, he having a, a hard time with it he was oh, okay. like we had we had been like a month without any meltdowns like major ones mm-hmm. and then his first ABA session three, like (laughs) back to back, like 20, 30, 45 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just like, I can't, I, you know, I can't do this. They wanted Mm -hmm. to come in five days a week. And I was like, I just, this, there's something not right about this for me, for, for Mm -hmm. our kid. I'm like, I need to understand why he's having the meltdowns. I don't want to change them until I understand why, like mm-hmm. what's happening, what's the frustration. Um, Cause they were just ignoring it and trying to shift the behavior. Oh. And you, so like, let's give him an alternate behavior. Let's not give him the attention when he's melting down. Let's, you know, uh, which I get and it Mm -hmm. works maybe for some kids, but I was like, I need to understand why, like, he's so upset right now. What, you know, and you're, and you're ignoring him now too, which is making it even worse. Like
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: need to sit down with him and hold his hands and be like, what is going on? So I started doing a lot of research myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and at that time, um, Luca was obsessed with, so he he gets obsessed with things for like Mm -hmm. six months at a time. So at the time he was obsessed with letters.
0: Okay. Um,
2: he, oh. <laughs> my dog. <laughs> really? He's,
1: he's very protective. <laughs> if anybody really a package, Amazon, I'm sure. Um, I can relate. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, he was obsessed with letters, okay. so he he taught himself how to read. Like one night, I was reading to him, and he just took the book and he goes, "I'll do that." And <laughs> he just started oh reading. Oh my! He's God. Like okay. So we're done with with that. So he
0: almost like savant skills?
1: Sometimes I think so. There's certain things. When he gets obsessed and locked into something, he takes it to the extreme. I Mm -hmm. mean, you've seen with the Pogo Thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's determined now to get in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most pogo I think downs.
0: he's gonna do it
1: because he. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Which but you could also awesome. how much he
0: loves it too. Like, he loves it. He's got the huge smile on his face. So it's like yeah, it sure. Can. Well,
1: and we've learned over time that he, he, anytime he feels confident and like he's good at what he's doing, he just goes for it. he yeah. just he thrives. That's he does good, not do. Yeah. Yeah, he does not do well with like negative reinforcement. Or like his teacher this year ripped up a a homework paper because he didn't read the book and he didn't really answer the questions. And he was so like upset. And so for four months, he's like, I don't like to read. I don't. I don't like to read just because of that one little
0: thing. Kind of harsh that she. Yeah. The paper i
1: know i, so I, had, we I had
0: like uh
1: that's <laughs> yeah we had a iep meeting about it <laughs> oh um that yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't take too kindly to that
1: yeah oh so man. Well, spe- i know especially
0: like in the moment i think that's like a, a terrible way to respond
1: but for then sure.
0: something that had like a lasting effect with him where it was right
1: like, for months
0: oh his confidence was was hit by that that's <sighs> terrible
1: yeah. Oh, so,
0: sorry, what happened to you guys?
1: <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, so he was he obsessed with the letters. He even he got obsessed with fonts. He wanted to know every font that oh existed. God. So I would print out That's pages so and pages of fonts, and 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 it was great. And I'd be like, you know, this is Times New Roman, and this is you know, Comic Sans, yeah. and, you know, and we'd look at how they're <laughs> well, different, but how you could still see the basic S form, but how that, you know, some of them have a little flair over here. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, he was so fascinated by that, that he'd get really frustrated when we'd go places if a word was written on a glass window or a door, because then you'd walk inside and the words would be reversed.
0: Oh, he, no.
1: His brain was just like, what is happening? So mm-hmm. we'd walk in and out of buildings several times and I'd say it's meant for you to read when you're on this side and it's not meant for you to read when you're on that side it's meant Mm -hmm. for the people out there to read it Um, and so it took us about a month of that um, talking about that and and then he just kind of moved on from it and I didn't think much of it but he he loves to write because he was obsessed with Letters at that time. So he would, our backyard, it was just covered in chalk writing from Luca. (laughs) But he took his chalk and he went, we have garden boxes because we had started a little garden and he wrote on our garden boxes love, but he wrote it in reverse, which kids do when they're first learning to write. And, and so I came out and I had a rag in my hand and I said, Hey buddy, you know, I love that you wanted to write love on this garden box, but let's erase it and let's write it the right way. Like we've been practicing from left to right so that people can read it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he stopped me and he said, no, 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 mama. I wrote it that way. So the plants could read it from the inside. Oh my heart. (laughs) I know. I I just (laughs) like, we were like two or three weeks into ABA and I just looked at him and I, I just, I was like, I said, in my mind, I said, you are absolutely fine. like mm-hmm. you, There's nothing wrong with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You see the world differently. And no wonder you get frustrated and you melt down because you have these really unique ways of looking at things and you're mm-hmm. having a hard time explaining that. And we're trying to get you to see things <laughs> our way. yeah And so, and so that, in that moment, I was like, I, I called and I canceled the ABA. I was like, it's just not the right fit for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I just want to, I want to get to know my kid and the way that he sees the world. Cause I think it's so amazing mm-hmm. you know, just, just to do that, to, to have the sense to do that. Yes. And, you know, and, and to be able to explain it to me, it was like so many things all wrapped up into one and, and that message too of, why are we doing things for other people you know mm-hmm. to read or to approve of like why aren't we doing stuff to send love in Like, mm-hmm. I, I teach yoga so i took it on so many oh, different that's... levels no so i i, I
2: like totally,
0: i see what you're saying because it, it <laughs> yeah. is like in in so many there, there's so many ways to look at that i think something important to to say though because i feel like aba does have the stigma around it that it, it that has this like negative connotation. And one of the reasons why I talk about it so positively on the podcast was because I had heard from a lot of parents that ABA didn't work for my kid. It was too intense. It was too hard. We didn't like it. And so I was thinking like, oh well we're probably gonna have a similar situation. But I do think that because it is so individual and it really mm-hmm. is just, you, you, you have to meet your kid where they are. And I mean, for, for us, like, it really has been a game changer and it has, it has helped Logan to, cause like we are, we're light years away from like, you know, the plants understanding, yeah. <laughs> feeling the love, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, like, cause I mean, we're, we're, we're not quite even yet to like him writing his name. You know what I mean? So, so things like that, where. I think it just, it really is like so individual. And I think you as the mom, like, you know, your child best Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: you knew that that was not the right situation for Luca, just like how I know that it is the right situation for Logan. And there's really, there's, there's no wrong or right. It's just like, you have to follow your heart and your gut. And like you said, if it's not, if your kid is not happy, if it's not aligning with them and they're, they're melting down in therapy, that's a pretty big indication that it's probably not working. But like, I mean, for us, it was like right away. I was just, I just recorded with another mom the other day and I was talking about how when the first time we met Logan's BCBA, it was like he immediately was drawn to her and he wanted Mm. to sit in her lap and he wanted to hold her hand. And, I think in a lot of ways we were just really lucky and like the stars kind of aligned for us to like get the right team together Absolutely. Um, because I mean, honestly, like it, it probably very easily could have gone the other way, depending on how he reacted with the team and their approach with him. I just like how you were saying it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, some of it is a therapy, but I think a lot of it too, is just that connection and it just, it has to, it has to be the right fit. And if it's not, that's okay too.
1: Yeah, because I, then I did. I met with another ABA therapist who worked independently and privately, and she was great. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could see this working, but we just can't afford to, <laughs> yeah. to hire a- you. Oh my! Word. But but she came just to chat, just because I was having such a struggle with the the ABA company we had been using. That mm-hmm. she came, and and so absolutely. And when we have a, another little friend who did ABA for a couple years, and same thing, loved it. And I'm like, it's just every kid is different and and because then we switched we found a, an occupational therapist okay who I didn't I didn't ever think that Luca would need occupational therapy because what I knew of it um I didn't have a complete picture of it
0: and, I think uh, OT is hard to understand if you yeah really know what it is because yeah we did OT with Logan starting from the time he was like 20 months old because we had him evaluated from earlier intervention and they just recommended speech and OT and I was kind of yeah. like, what are we even going to do in OT um but then I don't know for you guys but for us when when I when I saw it like and that's kind of almost how I describe ABA at least what what he did then it was almost like a combination like what he does now is almost like a combination of, of speech and OT. That's what they kind of do in ABA. They do more stuff too, um, but yeah. it was a, a lot of similar things that they do. Well, and I
1: think that ABA has transformed in the last few years a little bit where they are incorporating more of those um, physical skills yeah. and, and, and sensory type stuff. Cause I mean that it, it wasn't that way. And that's been mm-hmm almost four years, but, and maybe it, it, maybe it was just the therapist, but I, I think probably there's
0: a lot of factors.
1: I, I absolutely. Cause yeah. then I, my husband and I decided to share the story, the, the love backwards story mm-hmm. on social media. We just, we made the choice that we, cause we were devastated when we got the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And then once we got kind of started in it and into the world and we realized that it wasn't a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm that there's so much help out there. And, and um, so we just, we decided we, we didn't wanna make it a negative thing or something we were ashamed of or, or and not that people are when they wanna keep it secret. There's absolutely reasons that people wanna keep it private. And I totally mm-hmm. understand that, but we just chose that we wanted to let everybody around us know. Mm-hmm. And so we, we chose that story. I, we, we, um, we typed it out, we put it out there um, on Facebook at the time. And we got so many amazing responses back. Mm-hmm. And even one was um, a former yoga student of mine who had lived in LA, who had moved to San Diego. And she said, she sent me a message and she's like, I'm an occupational therapist for children with autism. I want to help. Mm. <laughs> like, I want to be part of Luca's journey and his story. I, I think he's amazing. And so we ended up hiring her. And she was fantastic. It just helping us understand the sensory pieces that maybe were playing a part in Luca's meltdowns. But she was also because she was you know a yoga student of mine. She also was able to kind of go into that other. We were able to talk about things in a different way of like mm-hmm. you know you know maybe he needs some squeezes and we would talk about his chakras and you know, we would, oh um, oh yeah <laughs> just like and she was amazing at that like just yeah being able to be and for me that was the language that I understood and right and, and she was great in that we worked together really well because mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a part of everything so you know she was. Anytime he, when he'd move on to a new obsession, we'd collaborate on ideas on on ways we could use what he's into to teach him a new concept. And that's what I loved about her is that mm-hmm. she she really helped me fine tune that skill, which I think is so important rather than, you know, moving them from their whatever it is that they're into, but using that to expand his brain. Um, mm hmm. Yeah. Like right, like right now, I, I ha- he's into numbers and measurements, and like, we measure everything, and, and we traveled a couple months ago, and so to keep him, because he, he's pretty good sensory-wise, he's a, he's a sensory seeker, he loves mm-hmm. to touch everything, um, and so sometimes, you know, busy places can be a lot, and he tends to kind of just wander off and find a line to follow or something to touch, and so to keep him with me at the airport with me and my daughter just um going with his interests and and keeping in his world So I'd, I'd say hey Luca how, what what do you estimate how far from here to that sign over there and then he'd be like and as, as we're walking towards it and he'd be like probably 50 feet now about 40 and he'd count down and we'd get to that sign and be like okay how far from this to that and and so it just it is using his interest to keep mm-hmm. him engaged, to keep him present. Um, and she, our occupational therapist, really helped me just establish that, mm-hmm. finding ways to use his interest to grow his brain, to to move along. Like right, I have a, a friend who came over and she's like, what if you, because he loves food too, he is like, a, I, I cannot keep enough food in the house. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which I think has been a really big change for us too in his behavior because as I found the occupational therapist I also then looked into the research on diet and how that might be affecting things and and you know why is my son laying down when kids around him are playing I understand that he doesn't know how to play with other kids but that's a that's a communication in and of itself what's happening Mm -hmm. Um, and so we we cut out gluten which made a huge difference because mm-hmm. he was a really picky kid, I had to put his plate down a certain way. He would only eat certain color foods. Um, you know, it was it was all very picky, and so I we cut out gluten, and it took him about two weeks of eating like fruit and whatever I could get down in. Mm-hmm. And then he all of a sudden got really interested in in the smells and the spices, and and would help me put you know cinnamon and something and um, cumin and something else. And so then because he was helping and he was interested in the smell, he started tasting things and and he was like, I want that quinoa, I wanna try that sushi, give me oh, the I mushrooms. Sure. Like he just it was <laughs> unbelievable. Amazing. It went like from like, I will only eat this to now give me that I want that I want that I want that he's very he still is like adamant that he does not like cheese or avocados or eggs but um, <laughs>
0: he knows what he wants and what he doesn't. He
1: knows want. but he's like obsessed with sushi <laughs> like I oh, have to keep the refrigerator yeah. stocked with sushi at all times that is so funny um
0: will you explain a little bit about the diet because I feel like that's something you hear about a lot and I don't think I've had anybody on the podcast so far who actually has has done the diet. And I know like the gluten-free casein free, like the GFCF is like kind of the one you hear about the most. Yeah. Um, and I-, I think for some people, it seems like it has like amazing benefits and then for others, it doesn't really seem to do much. So tell me like a little bit about how you guys incorporated that. And then just like the differences you've seen from it.
1: Yeah. We, um, we, we went to see a, a different doctor uh, and they had done some testing. I didn't love this doctor, but they did say that he did have a a small sensitivity to gluten. And I think mm-hmm. that because I had been thinking about trying it, but I'm like, it's going to be so hard. He's so picky. I don't <laughs> know if we can do this. But then when I found that out, I was like, no wonder he's laying down and no wonder he's irritable and he melts down because probably he's got a little bellyache. Like there's all these little signs you can watch for. Like if your kid pushes his belly on things a lot, like Mm. which is maybe the corner of a chair or the corner of a table or one of the big, you know, exercise balls, if they put their belly on that a lot, or they just tend to lay down and kind of curl up a lot, especially if they're nonverbal, that's often a sign that there's something hurting. And because it's probably been that way all along, they Mm -hmm. don't know that it's something new or different. Right. Um, They just think it's something that's part of their life. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I started noticing those little signs with him because he didn't know to say my belly hurts. Um, he just would lay down. He mm-hmm. just would push into me with his belly, um, and so we, I started looking into the research and and I was like, let's. I think it's worth trying because we were waiting for something else, and you're always waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New therapist or this or that. And I was like, while we're waiting, what if we just try this? And my husband was like, I'm not doing it. You know, he's Italian. He's like, I need my pasta. Like, yeah. gluten-free pasta. Um, so you guys but, all
0: went gluten-free.
1: Well, we did. But then I would sometimes make some... Gluten stuff for my husband and my daughter because okay. they were,
2: <laughs> but
1: they have been really good. Like the gluten-free bread, they're they're all into now. And, oh, good. And the pasta that they they uh... and the pizza too. They love the pizzas. Oh, that's awesome. um. Yeah. So it, it just it just creates some inflammation, and mm-hmm. sometimes the inflammation creates different bacteria in your gut, and sometimes that bacteria leads to what they say is like leaky gut. So then mm-hmm. your your um, intestines and things like that become inflamed because they feel like they're trying to fight something.
2: Mm -hmm. And that
1: in turn can create some inflammation in the brain, Mm
2: -hmm. um,
1: which can change and shift behavior. And so um, we can talk about this as well. The uh, charity that we donate to was with the, the love story. We ended up starting a business where we started making shirts and hats and jewelry and everything that had love written in reverse. So that the message was for you and not for anybody else, because we were so inspired by Luca. And mm-hmm. you know, as an autism mom, you got to do something. <laughs> so we then started donating to this charity called Autism Tree Project in San Diego, and um, they have a neuroscience conference every year. And so cool! This last year, it was in October, the neuroscience conference I went to, because there's a lot of neuroscience things happening in and around San Diego, mm-hmm. but a lot of the Aren't sharing info, and so this nonprofit decided to bring all these neuroscientists together so that they could present on like their latest research and what they're working on. And
2: so, mm-hmm. was,
1: you know, CBD stuff and um, all sorts of things, diet stuff. But it was you know, a neuroscientist up there telling us because that he was testing a new drug for autism, and he said, Listen, because most of <laughs> the conference was parents, and he's like, If you want to treat your kid's brain, you have to treat their gut. Like it is so hard for us to make a drug that can do something on the brain because it has to pass through, you know, the liver and the whole digestive system. Like it's it's really hard, which makes it really expensive. Like if you really want to change your kid's brain and their behavior, change what's in their gut. I was like, mm. yes, like it's, <laughs> and it makes sense the more you start to research it and all the, the stuff, like it's just, it's a convenience thing. So we're giving our kids all this packaged food, which is great for us because it's easy and it's quick, but at the same time it it has certain chemicals in it and it's, it's making up now what is in our kids' bodies and in their brains. So mm-hmm. when we, when we switched gluten-free, we also started doing mostly organic Mm -hmm. and started growing our own food and he just i mean he was he was at a point in his preschool where they were looking at other um, special ed programs for him for kindergarten they weren't sure he was ready to mainstream Mm -hmm. and we cut out gluten it was about a month and a half maybe two months after that um they we went in for his iep meeting and she said i don't know what you guys are doing but he's a different kid. He's like,
2: oh my gosh,
1: eye contact. He's engaging. He's transitioning. He was sleeping better. He was all these things just started falling into place. And they're like, we're absolutely mainstreaming him. He is ready to go. So
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: it was like I, <laughs> it, was, it was so awesome to hear. And mm-hmm. and now that he's been, I mean, we've been gluten free now for three years, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, we're slowly and, and we did cut out dairy for a while, but he doesn't eat much dairy anyway. He doesn't mm-hmm. cheese. Right. Um, so we've 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 slowly started adding the dairy back in, but I just make sure that I know where it's coming from. Um, and then we're this summer we're planning to start to add some gluten sources back in that we make sure that is organic, that, mm-hmm. you know, where it's coming from just to see, cause he's at an age now where he's so into food. <laughs> he <laughs> wants to know you want, why can't I have that? Why? You know, and I, and I want him to be able to go to a birthday party and, you know, have a piece of cake if he wants to, but I want him to, to recognize how it might shift his behavior. So mm-hmm. he's, he's at that at age now where he's willing to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, So we're going to try it a little bit over the summer. I highly recommend when you're waiting, when you're doing all that waiting, just try it because you may see something you might not. But if anything, it's hard when your kid is picky, but it is going to force your kid to try some new things. And you have to go through what they're interested in. Like I said, Luca got interested and curious about smells. Mm-hmm. And so you have to like, like I have a, a, a student who I, I, I tell the story a lot when I'm teaching yoga, I tell a lot of Luca's stories. Mm-hmm. She heard the, the love backwards story. And so she went home, she bought a hat for me and she went home she had a little boy who then a month later got diagnosed with autism. Oh my gosh. So she started um, reading our blog and researching the diet stuff. And she started because her son was two, I think, or maybe two and a half. And so she started, they like moved to a farm and started growing their own food. She just started pumping her kid with smoothies because that's all she could get him to eat. But she started putting like all sorts of stuff in his smoothies. Um, and he slowly became less and less picky and was willing to try new things. But flash forward to, I think, two years after that, he, um, he they took him off the spectrum. They got tested and they're like, your kid does not show any signs of autism which that's is my word, you know, yeah amazing that's and, a rare. <laughs> super rare super rare but yeah. and and not that, that you know changing your diet is gonna make that happen and not that you right. want that to happen because for yeah. us like i love the little quirks of autism that luca has yeah um it's that, part of who he is and uh-huh. but but so awesome that you can change a little bit and make things maybe a little bit easier for them
2: mm-hmm.
1: um in the long run if if Everything's working well. I mean, think about yourself. If your stomach hurts or you've like eaten something that isn't sitting well, you're totally irritable. Like, mm-hmm. you're like Just don't yeah. even bother me. Um, yeah,
0: it's it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the people that I have heard from that have said that it is helpful are ones that like their their child has more kind of um, like you were saying that kind of like irritability or like sort of like more more meltdowns because I mean, it would make sense if they are miserable.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, And I think the diet almost kind of like ABA where it's like, I just think some kids, it seems like they see, an amazing result from it and then other people it's like we saw no difference you know what I mean Um, well and I
1: think it goes in hand in hand with something because I think if you just change your kid's diet, it is going to change some things like for us it helped he Luca would lay awake at night for hours and he would mm -hmm. sit there and do math problems and you could like listen at his door and he'd be like 17 plus 17 plus 17 and he'd just be like oh my gosh doing numbers And, um, when we switched and we, and we also started doing CBD oil too. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, and I think the combination of those just helped him sleep so that the therapy that he was doing, we were, we were having better results. (laughs) Like everything just was working more effectively.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so I, am I'm frustrated in that, like when people first get a diagnosis that, you know, like our pediatrician was like, hey, why don't you look into this or try this, you know, that it took me over a year to research it myself to be like, I want to try this, like, it's mm-hmm. there's so much, there's so much. Um, there's so many studies out there now about it. And we've participated in studies at, at some universities as well so that they can compare gut bacteria. And
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: just, it's so fascinating. And I just think why not? Cause you're like, yeah. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that diagnosis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why not? I mean, it's, it's only going to help even if you're not cutting out gluten, but maybe you just switch to organic or maybe you don't do as much processed foods or you cut out the sugar just Mm -hmm. little things to be like what why not try this because it it is I'm putting this stuff in my kids three or four or five or six times a day what it you know maybe it might help things and it's something to do it's not (laughs) it's not gonna hurt them and I hated the waiting game I was like what can I do while we're waiting for this or that
0: yeah um it's so funny you mentioned CBD oil I I wanted CBD to work so bad <laughs> with Logan. Yeah. I had such high hopes for it. And that was another thing that it was like, and we we tried several different formulations and brands and we just saw no difference. Like I, I, oh. for him, I was hoping, cause he does again, doesn't have like the, the meltdown behaviors or like the irritability. He's 99% of the time super happy, but yeah. he is like incredibly high energy. I think we're probably looking at, like an ADHD diagnosis at some point. Yeah. Um, Cause he just like the kid doesn't calm down. Like he's, he's the skinniest little thing in the whole world. And he, he eats all day long, but it's, it's because he just never stopped moving. Like his metabolism right. is yeah. just like through the roof. So I was hoping that the CBD would help him just kind of chill a little bit. And like, maybe mm-hmm. n- not that I want to take away his energy, but like, so, you know, it can almost sometimes be like that manic energy. And I'm like, yeah. well, we could just like chill him out a little bit. And it just like, it really made no difference for him. Yeah. So it's so funny how it's, and then I, I just was hearing from another mom recently who was saying that they, that's why they gave it to her son and that it helped a ton that he just yeah. really helped him chill out. And I think he did have some kind of more um, just like aggressive behaviors and it really helped chill those out too. And I'm just like, that's why it is kind of like, just try it all because you never know, you know, throw a bunch yeah. of spaghetti at the wall and just see what sticks because I know. no, you never know.
1: Yeah. Especially if it's something that isn't going to hurt your kid, like, right. you know, just why not? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I do. Um, With you. But, well, I but, appreciate yeah. you
0: sharing that about the diet because I feel like that's something that, and I've researched it too and looked into it and I've talked to other people about it. And I think you, you do hear a lot of just kind of conflicting reports of it. So I appreciate you uh, just yeah. kind of giving your, your take on things.
1: Yeah, I just think any time we can make our kids a little bit healthier it's it's going to be better and whether that's a gluten free thing or a mm-hmm. sugar thing or whatever it's, just, yeah. it's you know it's helped my daughter cuz she's Sometimes she's harder to deal with than Luca. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I know. I, I
0: always joke, like, it's it, especially when it is your, your first kid that has autism, because it's like, we, there were so many things that we did with Logan that we didn't even, you know, realize were, were different until we had our daughter.
2: Yeah. And then
0: like, because just even like as a toddler, like he never went through like terrible twos because he was just like a really good, happy kid. Like he didn't have tantrums. He didn't melt down. My daughter, even though she's neurotypical, she has way more tantrums than yeah. he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is ding t- <sighs> me, and he just—he never did that. He never like put yeah. her buttons in that way. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she. So it's so funny because I, I always feel like I—I I have have to have so much patience for Logan. I just have this like reserve for him. But then my poor daughter, like I'm like, oh, you are <laughs> like my patience is out the window now, kid.
1: So <laughs> I know my daughter looked at me like a year ago. Which I I don't know even what had happened, but she goes, but I have the autism too. You have to start treating oh. me better. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, I do need to check myself because I am treating you both differently. But you are different kids, so I really yeah. tried in the last year to be. As equal as I can with them because she's she notices and she's five and a half now. I was gonna ask, how old is she? Because
0: my daughter's and she definitely understands that like Logan is different and she treats Mm -hmm. him different in like a really sweet and compassionate way, which she's she's not like that with every other kid, so it's like I know that she knows. Um, but she would not have, I don't think she would have like the. The understanding to to say you know I have the autism. <laughs> That's yeah, so cute. Yeah, like-
1: she was. I think she was almost five, and I was like, "Honey," oh, so you know, because I've talked to her a lot about what it is, and and um, but it's funny because now I'm like I look around at our family, and I'm like, my husband is like the perfect ABA therapist because when Luca gets locked into wanting to do something a certain way, my husband is the best one to like force him out of it. Mm -hmm. and they end up having fun because my husband can do it in a really fun way which Mm -hmm. which is so good because I'm like yeah if you want to go that way yeah let's just let's avoid the meltdowns and the tantrums (laughs) let's do it your way I'm totally game but my husband's like no no we are going this way and it is going to be an adventure and he's like he's awesome with Mm -hmm. him at that and my daughter is like the best social therapist ever because she is overly social we ended up putting her in the same preschool that he had been in as one of the neurotypicals um, mm-hmm. and she loved it she was like you know she'd come home and she'd be like my friend so-and-so he she can't talk yet but it's okay because I can understand what it is that she needs oh so sometimes oh my- I communicate I- for her <laughs> <I'm> like, eh. <laughs> but she you know she just she developed that Intuitive nature and, and being able to deal with all different kinds of kids. and um, Yeah. I so feel like. like incredible it's, for him. It's
0: easy to have. Like I, it sounds like you too. Like we have that, that guilt sometimes of, you know, you focus yeah. so much on your child with autism and it's like, I, I worry about, cause I have two little girls. I worry about them thinking like they're going to feel slighted or, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving them as much, but then I think about everything they're gaining, from yeah. having a, you know, a special needs sibling is particularly autism. Cause I just feel like that like empathy and compassion is just like ingrained in them. It, it's, it's like all they know and yeah. they can just bring that out into the world and like spread, spread the love backward or forward.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love, and like the charity we donate to, they have a sibling support group. She's not quite oh. old enough yet, but I'm like, they. it's great because they do stuff for the whole family. As a, you know, not just yeah. kids because it is a that's why they call it autism tree because it's like it affects the whole family you know? mm-hmm. and so making sure that there's stuff for everybody is so important
0: that's um, amazing i'm gonna have to definitely look into them i know you were saying before we started recording that they're, they're kind of local to. uh you you're in san diego now
1: i'm in san diego yeah um yeah so they're in san diego or southern cal they have an office up in northern cal as well and then they just expanded over to philly i believe and it's so cute it's because the mom who started it because of course it was started by a mom of a kid with autism <laughs> he, he just started his first year of college at george washington oh so my the family moved to the east coast and she's like well let's keep doing the work over here that yeah we've been doing in california so she's um continuing it over there which i love
0: so they're kind of um, too. that's amazing
1: yeah yeah that kid is, is so great and it's it's good to you know to it's hard because in the autism community there's so many different um,
0: opinions
1: yeah and kids <laughs> and everybody's on a different level and doing different things and mm-hmm. I connected with them because the mom who started it her kid. Sounds a lot like Luca, how Luca was, you know, mm-hmm. verbal but having meltdowns. So you just you connect with people who's who you can you're like, okay, all right, yes. And so it's been nice to just have that as a as a mm-hmm. resource to be like yeah. you know, this last weekend was the first time ever, which I'm still like so excited about. We were at the house Friday early evening and heard a loud knock on the door and my husband opened the door and there's a little boy out there and he goes can Luca come out and play <laughs> I was like oh, well, what? Uh, that gave me chills. It really Yeah <laughs> Oh my and, God, and my husband was like in shock and he's like uh I think so uh Luca? <laughs> yeah what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> and um oh, Luca came God. down, he's like Can I? And we're like, yeah, go, go, go play. So um, you know he still struggles. He still has a hard time because he wants to do things his way, um, and so he gets frustrated when somebody you know wants to play something else or do something different. But he's learning, and mm-hmm. it just and it happened twice. The kid came back a second time over the weekend. He's in oh my class, God. and I was like, yes, because Luka just has no interest in friends. He says everybody is his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's in first grade. He's almost done with first grade, and he'll be going into second grade. And there's been a couple of things. It's funny because I'm at school all the time. Like I'm, I volunteer. I'm the room mom. I do mm-hmm. math rotations. I'm, I'm just there. And uh, and he's so in dream class. You said he's mainstreamed. Yeah. That's and does he so have all a para
0: or anything or no A what? Oh, like an aide, a para?
1: He doesn't have an aide. They're thinking about maybe one for second grade. Mm-hmm. just a couple times a week just to help him with like organizing his backpack and his drawer. And okay. Cause he's transitioning well now he's, um, yeah, he's, he, so, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends. It really depends on the teacher, just like it depends on the therapist. So
2: we trying to yeah. figure out
1: now who the best teacher would be
2: mm-hmm. for him.
1: I have a meeting with the principal today, but it's something else. I'm trying to start a group, um, like an after-school program. Um, I'm calling it the friendship project, but where they, we would pair like somebody like Luca with a neurotypical kid who's maybe a little bit older, mm-hmm. where like once a month or maybe more often, I don't know, but they just stay after school and just play. Yeah. Just do whatever they're interested in and pair them up so that somebody who has a similar interest to Luca and, and uh-huh. do it with a lot of the kids, because I know a lot of the kids at this school. It's a school that it's... It, if your kid is high functioning, they'll keep you there and mainstream you. Um, Cause if you're, if there's more needs, then they send you to a, another school closer, by, close by. But um, mm-hmm. so I'm like, there's all these high functioning kiddos with autism at a school who are all struggling to find friends. And yeah. People keep telling me that friends are so important to take with you to middle school, that that's how you survive middle school is if you have, you know, a group or, just somebody
0: I think friends and, are just how you survive life <laughs>
1: right exactly so I'm so I'm like Luca just doesn't have the interest yeah, to but you. he's really interested in playing all of a sudden and I'm like well oh, I can't play with you all the time like I can't right. I'm not a kid I I can play for a little while and then I have a list of things I have to do um <laughs> so I'm like if you had a friend they could play with you for like yeah. forever and so that like flipped a switch for him he was like really Ooh, so, <laughs> so, I'm working with the school to try to create this new project where you that's pair these kids incredible. up, where where they just have somebody on campus who kind of looks out for them. Yeah, because um, he has I some had second a... graders that have been making fun of him lately, and it just Aww. breaks my heart. <laughs>
0: that is, oh my gosh, I'm not. <sighs> I don't know how I would deal with that. Probably not. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like that's one of those things that I'm I'm scared because. It's, there's possibility that could happen but like I will be a psycho <laughs> like I yeah. don't think I'm gonna be able to keep my cool in a situation like that we've been lucky so far but I mean I hear about stuff like that and it's it, there's there's just like there's there's
1: nothing lower you know well and I think and so that's why we've always been really open like even his kindergarten class I was doing yoga with his kindergarten class twice a week and at the end I, I had to like advocate and fight to get this but I was able to at least teach the kindergartners about what autism is I wasn't Mm -hmm. like this is Luca and he has autism but I at least got to introduce that word to them because I don't I don't want them to be afraid of what that word means Mm -hmm. so we did like sensory tables and then we talked about how you know for somebody with autism that might be really challenging or um and they were so cute And at the end I was like you know what I, I read a book and I'm like what, what could you guys do to be a good friend to somebody with autism and they were so cute they were like if the fire alarm goes off maybe we could get them some headphones oh. like, they're, they're so cute but th- it inspired me this year in that um Luca they had a little fun run at his school and they would go out by their grade level and and run and it was to raise money for the school and um He's running around the track, and it, the third graders were having recess at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: this group of third grade boys lined up on the side of the track, and it's a really short track. But every time Luca came around, because I was there and I didn't know these boys, but every time he came around, they were like, "Yeah, Luca, let's go, Luca!" Oh. And I was like, "Who are these boys?" I took yeah. a picture of them, and mm-hmm. I went to the principal, and I'm like, "Who are these boys?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I I need to know them. Yeah, and uh, he so we um he called them out of class like a week later and and I brought them little like five dollar Target cards and he got them cookies, the principal did. And I brought them in and and I just I said, I want to just tell you guys how awesome because Luca was like so excited, yeah, boys cheering him on. And so I, I explained to them, you know, that Luca has autism, and and they're like, Yeah, we know. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they're like, we noticed Luca, he was walking around at morning recess by himself. And, and so we invited him to play basketball and we've been trying to teach him how to shoot baskets. And I was like, you guys are oh, like, the best. Dream. And yes. <laughs> and so, you know, so now I, now there's these five kids who are a little bit older. always watch out for Luca Mm -hmm. you know and when they see him on campus and I'm like I want to make more of that and for not just Luca but for these other kids that I know that are struggling socially
0: Mm -hmm. I had a a guest on recently who she's not an autism mom but she um is a a school psychiatrist social worker and so she does like testing for for autism but she has done many different things and she was talking about how at one of the schools she worked at she started a program like that, where it was kind of like a buddy system and they had, you know, a, a, a peer, a typical peer who mm-hmm. was already kind of like screened. Like they made sure that there was, you know, kids who they knew were going to be able to work well with, right. with these students with autism. And she was saying how this was a few years ago. And she's like, I still hear from like the kids who were like the helpers in the program about how much they got out of it. And yeah. then, you know, you know, like the, the, the kids with autism like they were just it was it was just like it was equally important for for both parties and like yeah I think that's amazing that you're doing that such a great it's so true because like the whole bullying thing I I think that if we you know we we advocate now when they're young like that because that's the thing is it's like a lot of the bullying it comes from kids just not knowing and unfortunately like that not knowing can just you know breed and become much worse than just not being aware. Mm -hmm. Um but I feel like yeah if we can if we can get to kids when they're young and just explain to them, you know, some of us are different and we learn different and we might talk different, but it's like it's all okay we need to just be inclusive. I was similar to what you were saying. I didn't teach yoga. (laughs) (laughs) But I went Logan so Logan is in a self-contained classroom. He's with um with all everyone in his class is autism, but the the typical kindergarten class is right across the hall, and they do uh-huh. blend quite a bit. And he does more inclusion time because he does really well with that. But I I went for um for April for Autism Awareness Month. I just wanted to go read a book to the typical kindergartners in Logan's class came. So everybody got to hear it. And um, I read a book called, Why Is He Doing That?, who was another guest on the podcast back in the beginning. And I just got to talk to the the kindergartners about autism. And like you said, it's like, even if they don't, they might not understand what autism is, but it was like their, their response to it was so sweet like we were talking about being different and this one little boy was like yeah I woke up today and like my hair looks really different but like my <laughs> friends still love me <laughs> like, yeah exactly like, yeah they just they they look at things in a different way but I'm like yes it's the same
2: thing <laughs>
1: yes well and even adults like so yeah. my husband and I um did a golf tournament last year we hosted a golf tournament to raise money for this charity and um so we both spoke at the dinner and and I made you know, a hundred adults stim. I made them flap their arms <laughs> for like 30 seconds. Cause I was like, now feel like how much more awareness you have of your hands and your body and you mm-hmm. know where you are. And that's all that they're looking to do. Like, you know, even Get if that you like energy, if, out. if you slam your finger in the door, the first thing you usually do is you shake your hand mm-hmm. to remind yourself to be like, okay, my hand is still there. I know where it is and the word is in space and like it's a, such a natural thing because now these parents now and now they're going home and teaching their kids about what it is so it's not a weird thing when you see somebody doing it So it's just it's education and that's really why we started the business was just to be really open about what is autism and how do we feed it love <laughs> you know how do we spread the love about it because there's so many amazing things to it it forces us to see things differently it, it really forces doesn't. us to become better people, right? To look at the world differently. And like mm-hmm. the more love we can spread around it and awareness and education, I think that's really what our goal is. And and because Luca is so verbal, maybe he can be of ways for what's yeah. going on inside his brain okay. and in his head. And he can, he can tell people, you know, what all the thoughts that are happening and, mm-hmm. and that can be helpful for kids who maybe aren't verbal and parents whose kids aren't speaking and be like, oh, well you know maybe they're thinking about this it's just mm-hmm. so many ways we can help change the perspective and, and yeah no I totally
0: yeah. agree I I'm definitely I'm with you I'm in the camp that like autism it, it's not to say it's easy because it's it's hard but it it really is a gift and it's mm-hmm. it's opened my my heart and my mind in ways that I know I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. So I'm, I'm yeah. truly so thankful. Um, well, Wendy, you are amazing. I feel like I can tell you're a yoga teacher cause you're just like Zen. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not a yogi, but I really enjoy yoga. I just, uh, like, I'll take a class yeah. like, it feeds my soul.
1: Um, well, I don't think that's yoga. Y- I just, I've always been my husband, when my husband first met me, he's like, You must be a weed smoker because you're so chill. And I, <laughs> like, I'm, I never do. I know I'm not. I'm just, that's just my personality. Um, well, yoga suits
2: it. you well then. So, sure.
1: yoga suits me. When <laughs> I found yoga, I was like, This is my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's thing. Yeah. Um, Well,
0: um, can you tell everyone where they can connect with you and find all your sure. products and everything?
1: Yeah, so our website is im-love.org. Um, and Instagram is Evol, so love backwards E V O L dot evolution. Um, those are the best places to find us. And- so funny,
0: I I in my head I read it as Evol Evolution because like yeah. Evol Evolution. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, so it's funny when you like hear something in your own head, then you're like, oh, that's what it really yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Just
1: because, yeah. Because <laughs> when we first started doing it, it was we were calling it "Evil," and then we switched to the I am love. But, um, I was like, because I was hearing people say evil, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 not evil, I, like, but evolve. "evolve," like, yeah, evolve. like, yes. that's what I
0: was, no, no, <laughs> yeah. not evil, but I thought, like, I was thinking, like, let's evolve, and, like, be yeah. like, a part of the, you know, evolution, oh, my gosh, yeah, cool. okay, yeah,
1: so it could be, e- yeah, evolve, but, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> evolution, so it yeah. was i and, yeah. like, just say evolution, but cut off the ocean part, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah well, that's how you yeah. can find Ev- this, needs
0: to go follow you and see Luca jumping on his pogo stick because it'd be yeah. so happy it's
1: so we're, sweet <laughs> yeah we're almost to 15,000 and I think the pogo stick and he has the company wants him to be an ambassador which would be oh so my. fun because it's another way to promote autism awareness yes and, absolutely yeah so hopefully
0: so we'll get you had mentioned that you connected with another mom because it was like you Luca was similar to to her son I feel like Log- Logan and Luca sound so different because they <laughs> Like they just, they are like the, the opposite sides of the spectrum that, you know, there's everything in between. But, um, Logan is also such a seeker and he loves to jump and yeah. just watching Luca on his pogo stick. Like I, I just, I saw Logan and him and it just like wore my heart. <laughs> so it's so even when we're so different, there's still similarities.
2: <sighs>
1: Well, and I will tell you the pogo stick. Cause it, I, when I got it, I was like, this is either going to be really good or really bad. Um, <laughs> and it took him about four or five days to get it. And then he got it. But um, cause I knew he loved counting at the time. And so I knew it would give him a way to count something, but it has been, it is our new <laughs> occupational therapy. Cause he's oh, getting yes. so much stimulation in in vestibular and in proprioception that he is like, since he started pogo sticking his um, the way he is at school has changed. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, much calmer. He sits. He's like, it's unbelievable but but he's pogo singing for like a hundred minutes you know <laughs> like hey, go to town so. you know <laughs> if you're yeah. happy
0: go for it logan has a yeah. mini trampoline we just got a big one we haven't put it up yet but he's uh, always doing the trampoline but i never even thought about a pogo stick and then i saw your videos and i was like oh we gotta get yeah. a yeah
1: that's on my list yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah but give it some time because there's some frustration yeah. at the beginning but yes absolutely yeah. And then, and then we can all go to Pogo Palooza, which I found out is an actual thing. Oh my
0: word. <laughs> there's like a for everything. Like it doesn't matter what you're, you're into. There's a convention somewhere. <laughs> um, so... Well, thank you so much. Thank Lynn. you. Take care. Yay.
1: Awesome. Thanks Megan. Bye. Bye
0: Download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism, all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism for your free audiobook. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Wendy. I just love chatting with her again I love her just her laid-back vibe and she's so genuine and sweet um, and just her her whole story with Luca I, I thought was amazing I also really like that we got into some topics that we haven't really discussed too much on the show like diet I thought that stuff was really interesting um, and just their experience with ABA because obviously we've had a really positive experience with Logan but I know that's not the case with everybody so I think it's important to just kind of share all sides and listen to everyone's journeys regardless of you know the outcome of what therapy they decided to go with and all that because it's all different, and like I said in the episode, I don't think ABA is right for every child. So I think it's it's just nice to hear all the different perspectives. So definitely follow along with Wendy on social media, uh, so you can see Luca jumping on his pogo stick. <laughs> he really is so cute, and Wendy's awesome. Um, if you want to follow along with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Or on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love hearing from you guys. If you just want to say hi, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, let me know. I had been taking a little recording break for summer, but I'm just kind of gearing up to to start recording new episodes again. So yeah, let me know if if you'd like to share your story on the show. I'd love to have you. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.